Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining Jacqueline and I on today's episode of We Earn Media. Today we have our first journalist interview of season three, and our guest is Hilary Weaver. She is a freelance writer and editor who lives in New England, and she primarily writes about queer issues, reproductive justice, TV, and film. She appreciates a good Nancy Myers Kitchen reference, and you can find her at hillaryweaverwrites.com or on Twitter at Hillary underscore Weaver. Welcome to the show, Hillary. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Tell us uh, how a weekend editor works. Yeah, so I mean, I think every publication is different. In my experience, though, um, you know, I, I sign on in the mornings. I have another editor I work with in the mornings just to talk about, you know, um, and we also talk the night before a little bit about what, you know, maybe what they didn't get to cover that day or something that might be good traffic wise for the weekend. The editor I work with um, is knows a lot about what the audience likes and what the traffic, you know, what kind of like drives traffic, especially on the weekends. So we work really closely together. Um, a lot of um, in the publication that I work for right now, which is L, you know, a lot of that is can be celebrity driven. Um, so we talk about, you know, the best way to write a headline that would attract, you know, our audience on social media that they would like. It's really just about like what we think the audience is going to go for. And we have that conversation or is going to like and typically likes. And we have that conversation pretty early. Um, And then I get going, try to get as many posts up as I can um, in the mornings. Um, Basically, it's about just being self-sufficient. And um, I write my own posts. I edit my copy, edit top, edit my own posts, um, find my own photos. Basically, it's just me. Um, I've done this before as a night blogger as well. And about half my career I've spent as either like a a one woman team, I guess. So uh, it's really just about kind of setting your own pace and knowing what the audience wants. Cool. That's really interesting. I Particularly, I didn't realize how self-sufficient weekend editors were personally. Did you realize that, Jackie? No. (laughs) I'm really glad to know this. I mean, I think it might be different in different publications, but I do know just based on my experience, you know, at a couple different publications in sort of like that um, type of role, that independent role, that it is, there are fewer people online because it's during, if it's the night or the weekend, that's when people are, you know, get on staff get their time off. Um, so they want to hire somebody who can basically, you know, get things done on their own and doesn't really need a lot of handholding. That's right. cool. So basically, we've always wondered this too, like, is it appropriate to pitch a weekend editor? And it sounds like we might be better off pitching more like staff, correct? Because it's kind of like you, the one person show does what they yeah. have to do on the weekend. I mean, especially with publicists, I think so it depends. Like if a lot of times the person that I work with most closely during the weekends, if she gets something interesting, like a quote, something she wants me to use, if it's from, you know, a correspondent or something or a publicist, rarely, but a publicist, you know, a publicist, um, she'll send it to me and say, let's do something on this. So she like that Love person it. might be better to pitch during the week or at the toward the end of the week, um, someone on staff, and then they can forward it to the weekend person who can handle it. If I do get something from a publicist during the weekend, like I will just forward it on to the team and, and ask, yes. like, are we interested <laughs> in this? So I mean, I won't ignore it. <laughs> um, I will look at it. Yeah, I think, you know, in the case of breaking news, it's, that's a different situation. Like if somebody, 
we'll just use celebrity news for an example, you know, somebody like Ariana Grande or someone like that who, you know, recently got engaged, then I might be looking for a publicist to send me a quote about the ring. And, you know, if they have some information about like what, what the ring is, how many carrots, whatever, like I actually will look for that because um, that's when, you know, it's time to do those explainers. People are going to be Googling that stuff. Great. Okay, cool. That's really good to know. And and when I work to like even as a staff writer at Vanity Fair or, or in just past instances, like when I was covering red carpet, you know, um, I covered a lot of sort of like activism on the red carpet, which has been big in recent years. Um, and those are sort of where that's my beat is sort of like where celebrity hits activism. Um, and so like when people wear ribbons, for example, for gun for um, gun safety, gun um, control awareness. Um, I reached out to my publicist that I worked with at every time for gun safety and was like, hey, can you give me a quote um, really quick on why these why celebrities are wearing these ribbons and got it and got the post up. So it's good to have those people definitely in your corner too. Oh, that's good to know. So if I'm working for, let's say, an activist organization or some sort of nonprofit with a social driven mission, it might be good to even make an intro to someone like you and just let them know yeah. that they're available for comment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's great to have those. I mean, as far as it's great to have those people, like I said, kind of like in your pocket um, from those specific like not non-for-profits or, or orgs um, that can give you a good quote. Um kind of on the fly that, that at least in my experience that's what's been most valuable is being like oh I have a person there you know yeah and I think editors like that they're like okay can you get a quote from your person <laughs> for like a, a quick news post okay that's really good to know okay well hopefully there's people with that kind of background listening right now because that's really <laughs> good advice and it sounds like on the fly meaning like what do you think typical turnaround time is for breaking news like within the um, hour so the, the example that I used was, you know, I think it was, that was maybe the Golden Globes. Gosh, there have been so many events now in the past where, you know, red carpet activism, um, but that would be within, you know, within a half an hour or like, like typically what I would do is I would get the post up, like for that example, celebrities are wearing the orange ribbons, get it up and then later put the, uh, go back, update the post and put the quote in. Okay. Um, but still within the half an hour to an hour is, you know, ideal to have something like that done because we have to move on to... <laughs> something else and those that that's an example from like a live event where we're you know churning out several posts in one night yeah um, and but, I imagine oh go ahead sorry no I mean the typical day if you're like a blogger or a staff writer or somebody who's posting several things a day yeah you typically want to wrap things up you know as quickly as possible so you can move on to the next cool so it's like especially with like uh event coverage and stuff i'm assuming the purpose of getting it out quickly is to capture that live traffic of people looking mm -hmm. for information yeah so like if for example somebody is watching the award show and googles why are people wearing orange ribbons um that ours will hopefully come up you know at, at top of search that's so cool i love knowing i love like brit and i started out working at seo like content marketing firms so mm -hmm. To hear the SEO strategies of um, like publications and then thinking about how we can fill in the gaps and help with yeah. those goals, I think makes you a better publicist when you understand the why. And so I, it's really I, cool. Yeah, I think that's super helpful that publicists know because I think sometimes, you know, it's hard to communicate editorial strategy and 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 I'm, I am speaking broadly as far as like strategy for for different events I think every publication has a different SEO strategy but if there's a way to communicate that to a publicist without giving away maybe all of the the you know the secrets that happen behind the curtain like I think I think that's really valuable yeah cool 
Thanks. That is super valuable. So SEO is one of the many skill sets that that you have and that you need to know a lot about. Another is it sounds like creating effective headlines. Mm -hmm. What are some of your top tips for that? Yeah, I mean, I think SEO and effective headline like that, as as it sounds like you all both know, like that kind of runs hand in hand for being able to have something that's engaging, but that also is going to land itself in a good spot in search. It depends on the audience. Like I think having words that, you know, the audience typically likes, like, you know, Rihanna slays in this outfit or like looks amazing. Like we see different, we see different uh, publications go for different things. Um but like those buzzwords that we like that we know the audience likes, like I think those can get a little monotonous sometimes and it's important to like update your phrases. But, you know, just kind of like things that are like make you want to click to see Rihanna's outfit or whatever it is or like I, I can look at some recent headlines that I've done. But that really like I think the main question is to ask yourself like... <laughs> why do I care? Like, I'm like, put yourself in the reader's shoes. I know it sounds simple, but I do it all the time where I'm just like, would I cl- like, would I click on this? <laughs> you know? And yeah. <laughs> if the answer is no, then I need to start over with the headline. Like, here's one I did last week. Last weekend, it was Rihanna posted like a, a photo of um, a tie dye outfit she had. And I said, Rihanna makes February feel like summer in this tie dye outfit. Um, and then I just, no, I like, love that. Cropped the photo. So it's just the her like, her tie-dye bucket hat, but we don't see the full outfit. So then like somebody would want to have to click in and see the full outfit. Um, it's kind of like what I see across across the board when I'm looking at other publications too, you know, doing the same thing where it's like kind of enticing the reader to want to read more. Um, and like I said, every publication has different strategy, um, but that's typically been my strategy like as a writer is just what would make me want to click. I know you got me. I was going through your articles and I'm not like a huge um Kate Middleton <laughs> fan but I was like why do I want to know I think it was something about a selfie, oh, selfie or no video. a birth certificate <laughs> yeah there were a few I was like why do I want to know about Kate oh, Middleton God. and it must have been the well, headline <laughs> I think um especially it's good to have like I feel like I have sort of a few areas where I, I am a quote-unquote like expert in or become an expert in and like you know I've got um like, as far as, like, royal stuff, like, I just know a lot about, like, royal protocol, like, things that, like, I, you know, I can't really, like, talk about day to day, like, at, you know, the dinner table, nobody is going to care, uh, but that I can, you know, pour all this useless, I would think, like, previously useless information into, so hopefully it makes my articles enticing when I'm like, oh, you know, for example, that one, the royals don't typically do selfies, um, because it actually, like, means, like, when you're turning your back, you're turning your back on, like, your queen <laughs> um yeah. Or like on your, yeah on like the institution um I think it's like so is is the idea so um yeah I'm glad that enticed you <laughs> we kind of talked about how Jacqueline and I didn't realize just how much of a one man one woman band you are when it comes to you know working as a weekend editor or how weekend editors work in general do you think there are any other misconceptions that publicists and PRs make about I mean, the role of a weekend editor? I think <laughs> I mean I think and I would probably think like this too if I were a publicist that you know the whole team is there and I can you know it, it's kind of like always there because it when you look at a publication especially you know all online publications now it seems like there's always like a full team running things at all times but like you know we know that everyone needs time off in a weekend <laughs> like and oh, so I think that so <laughs> publicists don't always realize that like it's not a full team like that like I'm mm. 
I have my, don't get me wrong. I have my team. I can reach out to at any time and they respond immediately. Like, it's not like I'm alone in the desert. Um, but you know, I think there are certain things that like I can't, and that I, in, in the past when I've done like my night editing job, like it was nighttime <laughs> and it was like 1am or something like people are sleeping. Um, I can't like get, publicist and answer right away always um if it's like a break glass in case of emergency situation then I can get a hold of somebody but you know um I guess just to be patient like I'm gonna have to um contact someone else to get the okay on something like it's not like we're all on like on slack online at the same time on the weekend like unless it's like a big event like when they called Biden for the election obviously everybody hopped online immediately um, and I think that was true across publications, <laughs> but um, basically just to be patient, I think is the number one thing that I would tell publicists. Like there are certain calls I cannot make because I don't have a full, like it's not, it's not Monday through Friday um, time. So <laughs> I can't, uh, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, there are just certain things I can't make calls on. So just to be, just to, just to understand that I think is important. Mm-hmm. I think those are good points. And we can transition over to your role as a freelance writer now, unless, Jackie, do you have any other questions about that section of the interview? No, but it was super informative, so that was cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it's sort of similar across publications, but every publication has a different um, take on the weekend and night or, you know, off, off, I should say off hours um, when they have somebody Mm -hmm. who's like an off hours editor. Um, So it's probably important to maybe continue exploring that, but that's, that's my insight. (laughs) That's good to know too, that it could be different Mm -hmm. um, based off the publication. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I've only, I mean, I've worked at, I feel like quite a few places, but still not all of them. So (laughs) uh, I only know what I know. (laughs) Cool. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So as a freelance writer, I'm so curious, how do you pitch story ideas to your to the editors that you're contacting? Yeah, a lot of times, and I think this will happen as you grow in your career, um, uh, and, it, and it, it takes time, but I've established relationships with editors, and I think that's really important. Like, they know what I'm about. They know what I like to write about, so they can reach out to me, for example. Like, I've, I've kind of written about, like, I, not everything, but I have interests sort of across the board. And I think that's one big thing that editor, like, I think it's important for people to understand, like, that, you know, not every writer, every writer doesn't want to be like pigeonholed, like we all have different interests and expertise and, and many different things, like just like we do in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, so I know a lot about, yeah, like I said, royal protocol, but I also know a lot about, you know, reproductive rights and reproductive rights legislation. Um, so I've kind of, I've created relationships with both experts and editors. Um, I think it's important to note that I have relationships with experts, especially when it comes to repro rights, so that when I'm pitching an editor, I can be like, hey, I've got somebody who emailed me about this new legislation. Um, Are you interested? Like, I can get quotes right now. Um, That's very valuable. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just, I think it's really important too, to when you're pitching these people to, like, don't hold back. Obviously, don't write like a super long like several graph unless it is a long form story like pitch but you keep it keep it succinct but um let them like let your passion I try to let my passion you know sort of shine through and every and and my um knowledge shine through in every pitch um so that they don't really have to ask many questions and um they totally get you know they get the idea 
after they read the pitch, they don't have to ask me a lot of follow-ups. Is That's my goal every time to be like, hey, I know a lot about this. Here's why it's important now. Here's the headline. Like I always pitch a, a couple of suggested heads. Um, you know, here's who I would talk to. Just really flesh it out for them so that, you know, because they don't have the time to usually to to ask many follow-ups or to try to understand what I'm pitching. Oh my God. That's great. Um, that's actually good <laughs> advice for publicists too when pitching um, yeah. writers and editors. I, I find that a lot of times pitches that fall flat to tend to not have all the details. Um, and like you said, you don't want to leave potential questions unanswered. So thinking ahead definitely helps. Do you think that in terms of publicists reaching out to you, it's kind of similar? Like, do you prefer the more information, the better? Or how do you suggest publicists approach reaching out to you for your feelings? I do. I prefer, like you said, I kind of prefer everything, you know, that's the most important, just as you would write in an article, like most important thing up top um, so that I can really see what it's about. Because something to keep in mind is that as a writer, if I'm being pitched, or even as an editor, like typically, like I'm going to somebody else with it. Like I'm like, hey, I got this pitch from a publicist and they're going to want to know all the information right away. And I don't want to have to dig for it yeah. um, because it's the most <laughs> most efficient thing. If I'm saying to my editor, hey, I got this pitch about X event. They're going to be like, OK, why is it important? Mm. Um, and I want to know I want to know that I don't want to have to be like, let me go back to the publicist and ask them more details. Like um, that's just that's time that I typically and that my editor typically doesn't have yep <laughs> um regardless of publication you know so it's if, if I've got a previous relationship with a publicist you know that that can be a little different like if we we if we work together a lot um you know like I said some of those reproductive rights people that's a little different because I can just like we can have a little bit of a dialogue going but if I'm meeting you for the first time and I think it's the same you know the same as if I'm cold pitching an editor as a writer like I don't really want to have to ask a lot of follow-ups. I just want to see what, what you've got for me right away. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. How, so you mentioned having strong relationships with editors or something along the lines of how they know what you stand for, what you're passionate about. How did you establish such strong relationships with them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably different for every writer, um, but honestly, just like working in the industry, I guess this is my eighth year out of college. Um, it just kind of hitting the ground running a little bit and try and like doing a lot of networking at various events early on. And, you know, back when we were seeing people in person um, and, you know, just meeting just kind of like, um, like, you know, just really working that. It, working that networking ground. So I think like, as you probably know, the media world is pretty small and it's really interconnected. Um, and just really kind of like pitching and writing for lots of different places is how I've personally done it. Um, I've kind of written across the board and around about many different subject areas um, that I'm interested in. So, um, you know, I think some relationships with editors I have are stronger than others because I know some better than others, but um it really, it gets easier too, as you go on, because then you have stronger clips, you know, as I've moved on in my career, I have, if, if I don't really know an editor very well, I can be like, hey, here's this thing. I'm you know, nice, nice to meet you. Here's who I am. Here's my website. Here are like three, maybe tops features I'm really proud of. And they can see the work I've already done. And they're like, great, you sound like somebody I'd want work from. Um, so it gets easier as you go on because you have clips to show and, and you know, um, maybe they've read your byline before too. So that's helpful. I think you strike me as somebody who 
also when you get feedback from editors and you kind of see how they what pitches get accepted and not you strike me as somebody who would learn from that and kind of pivot accordingly right yeah that's actually a really good point I think that's something that like is is really important to to learn how to do um you know I went to journalism school it's kind of where I initially learned it was just like you're going to get criticism or use it constructively like move on don't I mean I, I tend to like wear my heart on my sleeve you know sometimes and like I really had to to learn that like if somebody says like this isn't what I'm looking for it's not about me it's just about what you know what works for their publication and you know just make those adjustments um it's not a skill that like I think it's a skill that you learn over time and you get better at it you just can't um you know you (laughs) you can't get too invested in like in the feedback as far as you know getting upset over it um those editors have also been there too. They, they want you to, they want you to learn and grow. So um, yeah, I think it's important to pivot. <laughs> to I know think, how to pivot. Right. One last hot take, Britt, before we ask another question. Oh yeah, go for it. I love your hot um, takes. It seems like, and I think this is another important lesson for publicists to keep in mind. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a journalist, Lisa Rowan at Lifehacker back in the day. She's at Forbes now. But um, we both kind of opened up about like our imposter syndrome a little. And it sounded like a lot of the pressures that I felt I only had in my job as a publicist, she also had as a writer. And hearing you talk about pitching editors makes me feel like we kind of almost have to go through the same struggles and learnings and kind of have the same skill sets. So yeah. uh, TLDR, you'd probably be a great publicist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my, my partner has actually said that a few times to me. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I've worked with a lot of publicists now, I feel like. So, I, I mean, I, I think that your take is actually totally, is, is totally right. Um, and I think it's important for both sides to know that. Like, we're both trying to feel each other out it's the same when people ask me like, what's it like to interview like noteworthy or people or celebrities, like both people want to make a good impression. You know, I want to make a good impression. I want to do my job well. Um, you know, and I want to, and I want to be professional and, and, and the person I'm interviewing also wants to, to do, to hold up their end of the bargain. Um, and I feel like it's, it's the same thing when you're working with when writers and publicists work together, we want to be able to give each other what the other once you know um and so I think it's important to know that like every I mean everybody feels imposter syndrome all the time um and like I don't think of myself as superior to you you know if you're pitching me I just I'm I'm I mean I'm trying to do the best job I can for the people I'm working for and down the line so yeah Yeah. it's a really great point how do you typically find your sources yeah it's a great question um you know um I've seen other journalists do this too, like posting source requests on social media. I feel like that's become more and more common. I post it on Twitter um, sometimes. Instagram actually for me is like where I have more like more of an audience. Um, I actually like it or just like friends who know people or like people who follow me who sometimes I have some publicists follow me, things like that. So that's excellent. Like I actually have found a lot of people through my Instagram D- Instagram DMs. Um I use I haven't used Haro in a while, the helper reporter out. Um, but I have used Haro in the past, especially when I need an expert. Um, I don't know if you guys have have spoken of, if you all have spoken about Haro on this podcast. For sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I figured you had. Um, I've used it, especially when I need, like you said, like like when I need kind of like I talked about earlier, a quick turnaround expert, and I don't already have that person in my, you know, sort of uh, digital Rolodex. So I um, will post on that because you can put on that website, you know, like I need this within X time frame. <laughs> um, like this is my deadline, and that's really helpful. Um, these days, I really just use a lot of times. I mean, I don't like Facebook, we could go into a whole other discussion about Facebook. I, you know, I pretty much just keep it because when I'm working on, especially like a culture story, for example, like I'm working on a feature about to all the boys I've loved before right now. Um, I needed like, I needed more just like real people sources, like consumers of Netflix and people who like that movie. So I just posted like, Hey, do you know anyone who's like a super fan of this trilogy of this franchise? And I found people who like dress up like the main character and do cosplay. <laughs> and, um, no way. Like, people that, like my Facebook wow. friends connected me to people I didn't know. Um, so that, that is basically the only reason why I keep Facebook. Um, well, yeah. Do you like, post only to your friends I, and your network or do you find like Facebook group sometimes groups? Sometimes yeah, sometimes they post in groups. I have, you know, I'm in kind of a few like niche groups. For that one, the example I just gave with to all the boys, I just posted a status because I knew I'd had friends who knew people, you know, like I don't typically interview like my mm-hmm. friends, um, but I interview, you know, they always like these are people that like I maybe I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in years and they're like, oh I know somebody from my network now. <laughs> and um you just never know yeah. who like who knows someone. Um, and I mean, I do that more for, like I said, like the culture stories where I'm looking for, you know, fans of a show or um, a movie or a franchise. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's so funny how the internet yeah, works. I mean, I'm like, oh, wow, person I literally haven't seen for 15 years. Like, thank you. Thank you for this <laughs> referral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you don't really pay attention to Haro. I do, I do and... here and there. Yeah. I mean, I, I use it when I need to. Okay. It's been very helpful in the past. Yeah. I, I've like, I had the opposite. Like I never paid attention to it. And now I'm like, oh, this has actually turned into a really useful yeah. tool. But um, I guess it, for me, it also seems like it depends on the industry or the topic that you're exactly. writing about mm-hmm. too. But yeah. And so I wanted to make that clear. Like I think because lately I've been doing more entertainment and culture writing, um, I don't always use Haro for that. Like I don't always need like an expert source um, for those things. It's mm-hmm. more, like I said, like just regular human beings <laughs> would give me a quote. Um, yeah. But but I do, yeah, I totally have used Haro when I need an expert and don't have one. So I, um, it's it's a great tool. All right. So Hillary, we usually, <laughs> Hillary, we usually love to have um, journalists who come on the show give a, a nice shout out to publicists or PRs that they've really enjoyed working with. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Yeah. So the folks at, um, at Berlin Rosen and uh, Glisten, G-L-S-E-N, um, that, you know, typically work, I work with Berlin Rosen on repro rights and like, and um, LGBT issues, um, especially as I've reported legislation in this past year uh, amid the pandemic. This um, person named Kara Watkins Chow has been really helpful, especially when I need like a quick turnaround quote. Um, like some of the stuff I did for Supermajority News last year when I needed like a, you know, a quote on a piece of legislation that had just passed or was being considered, particularly things that were unfortunately like archaic uh, repro rights legislation. Um, and 
uh, th they've been great. So it's, it's great to have people who, uh, and actually I'm looking at a press release that this person sent me like last month, like just, they just send me press releases all the time, just in case, um, with, with quotes already in them. And that's, that's really helpful in instances, um, like, like when I'm, when I'm covering, uh, you know, um, gender rights or reproductive rights. That's cool. So it sounds like she's constantly keeping you in the know of the latest. Yeah. Um, work that they're yeah. doing and is she very like responsive to i'm just very trying to responsive. understand more yeah if i'm like hey can i have a quote i usually get it within you know an hour and this this whole the berlin rosen has like over the years has been really great um to work with they've always kind of been like yeah we've got somebody we, we can talk to because especially in the world of like healthcare and particularly you know healthcare of the uterus <laughs> there um not to gender it but like you know there's just not always I can't always find what I need um, because it's undercover. It's under it's undercovered, so um, underreported, I should say. So it's really great to have those experts on hand who can give me, you know, informative quotes for my audience that that want to know what's happening. That's lovely. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cool. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure we chatted about? Um, I mean, I think really the. Well, most in, like the one thing that I just wanted to kind of drive home is to like, um, and in preparation for this interview, I was talking to my partner about like, what is it that I do like about what when publicists contact me? And I think it's really important that like the publicist has actually read my work. Um, you know, I'm much more likely to respond to something if I feel and if it's genuine too. like if they're like, hey, I read your post on X, like I, I liked X about it. Like you don't have to like read the entire story. I understand there's a lot of like TLDR situations, but just to know that like, you know, like I said earlier, like, you know what I'm about, you know what I typically cover. Um, and that like, I don't want to be sound too harsh, but like that you're not wasting my time. Like, you know, sometimes I do see some, like I've gotten, I can't tell you how many we're about to hit Valentine's Day. I can't tell you how many Valentine's Day, like, are you doing Valentine's Day roundups? The answer is no. <laughs> and I've never done one. <laughs> like I've done Valentine's Day movie <laughs> stuff, but I've never done like gift, like gift roundups, you know? So kind of like see if, if that's even something that I've ever done, you know, before you pitch that to me as if it's like something that I do all the time. Um, and I know I sound irritated, but it does get a little uh repetitive when I'm mm. through. If, if I if I must have gotten like 30 of those this month um and it's it's hard when I'm trying to like look through my inbox for things that I actually need to like publicists that I do want to that I actually need to talk to or respond to um about a story that I'm working on so I think it's important just to like understand what the writer's working on what kind of things they work on um, and that way you can start to establish a relationship with them because like, we don't want to ignore you. We don't want to be <laughs> like necessarily, like, we don't want to be like rude, but like we want the the right people contacting us for, you know, what we're about. Right. You're under a deadline. You've got a yeah. job to do. And, yeah. And I, you know, you know, we no have... fault to people who are doing Valentine's Day gift guides. I just, I'm, not doing, <laughs> I'm just not doing Valentine's Day mm -hmm. gift guides or Christmas gift guides or anything else. <laughs> I don't typically do gift guides. <laughs> PSA. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have friends who do. That's great. And no, you don't sound annoyed. It's helpful. And yeah, nice. I mean, I have friends who that's what they do. They do e-commerce, you know, um, but typically I don't. So that's, um, yep. that it's, it's mm -hmm. good to know um, what the, like, yeah, what the writer covers. Don't blindly. <laughs> <pick them>. Yep. 
That reminds me, like, we've had guests come on and be like, I wrote about this one topic literally one time ever, and now I get pitches every week about that one topic, you know? Yep, yep. I'll, I'll get pitches. Oh, I saw in, like, 2016 you wrote this piece, and I'm like, cool, don't remember. <laughs> like, you know, um, and yeah. I think that's another thing, like, writers do evolve and change over the years, especially writers, like, I'm, you know, I'm about to be, I'm 28, almost 29, like, I don't typically write the same, like, I might write the same things, but I write longer, I write differently, I have, like, different interests than I did when I was starting out at 22, 23. Um, So, also read my recent work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's super important. Let's just use your comments. Oh, man, that's called, that's lack of critical thinking. I, I, I don't think that publicists are incapable of doing that. It sounds like to me the person probably is being a little impatient and not taking the time. And that's, and that's what I read into it as well. Like, I'm like, oh, well, you don't really care. You just yeah. like, are you just trying to meet a quota? Like sending out as many of these as you can. Like, and that may not be the case, but then like I get very grumpy. Um, <laughs> I'd be annoyed. You, know, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's one thing for like my mom to be like, how can I find your work again? Like, <laughs> like your name plus the publication I'm like yes it's called the internet like google but like mm-hmm. that's not her you know she doesn't work in PR I'll give her some I'll cut her some slack um though I do think <laughs> she should have learned by now hopefully she doesn't listen to this but like <laughs> you know um but publicists know that how to find my most recent work like come on <laughs> yeah they should be able to <laughs> well thanks for your time Hillary this was of really course. fun I hope this was helpful Thanks so much for listening to We Earn Media. If you got a lot out of today's interview with Hillary, we'd really love a review. Please feel free to leave one or send any feedback at all to podcast at weearnmedia.com. If you'd like to connect more with Hillary, again, her website is hillaryweaverwrites.com or you can find her on Twitter at Hillary underscore Weaver. That's Hillary with one L. Um, you can also find this information in the show notes too. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you later.